0: Welcome to today's episode of The Exploratory Journey and today I'm joined by Rob Hanna and we'll be discussing everything from the evolving nature of the legal recruitment landscape to skills the next generation of lawyers ought to develop. Hi and welcome to another Exploratory Journey episode and today I'm joined by Robert who is the founder of KC Partners and the host of the Legally Speaking podcast. Hi and thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, well thank you so much for having me Ved. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I'm a big fan of what you're doing for the legal community so thank you so much for, for having me.
0: Thank you so much. Would you be able to tell us a bit more about yourself kind of a bit more about what you do and your podcast
1: Sure yeah as you very kindly mentioned at the beginning I'm the founder of KC Partners we're a leading legal talent solutions firm and content creation firm so day-to-day we support lawyers transform their careers by securing their dream jobs and that's with a number of different law firms within the UK continental Europe US and Far East and in parts of the Middle East too and I've been in the recruitment and career space for for well over a decade Um, I was recently highlighted As a LinkedIn Top 100 rising star in 2021, and I was featured as a CIO Times most inspiring leader and multi award community maker over the last two years consecutively. I like to sit as a strategic advisor to um, recruitment and legal tech startups so I'm very familiar and very keen on learning more about the, the tech space and as you very kindly mentioned also I'm a speaker but the host of the Legally Speaking podcast which is sponsored by Clio one of the world's largest legal tech providers who just last year invested 110 million into their platform and on a very exciting journey to partner with lots of law firms to help them with their cloud-based um, platforms and within the show we sit within the top one and a half percent of podcasts globally and we try to remove the ball from the law and provide educational inspirational and entertaining compact content all related to careers mental health, diversity, inclusion, legal tech, and many, many other topics connected to in and around the law. And we've been blessed to have so many amazing people come on the show from celebrities, to the likes of Carol Baskin to top policymakers and Amazon bestselling authors within the law. And so yeah, we're into our season five, we've done over 130 episodes, and we continue to go and go and go and we absolutely love it. And we'll continue to do that um, as part of our journey. And One thing I also just launched this year, which is super exciting, was a new project called Virtual Insanity, and that's a community which has a simple goal of bridging the gap between the mainstream and the metaverse. A lot of people will be reading and getting understandings around NFTs, decentralized social media, the metaverse, Web3, how this may potentially play out in the legal field. So I've launched that to try and simplify a lot of the noise that's out there and reduce the overwhelm and provide simple, digestible content around that. So aside from all of that, I'm a first-time father to a daughter called Amelia and I have a Dachshund dog called Otto who features quite regularly on my content but that's me.
0: That's super cool such a very journey Um, and the podcast you know for anyone who hasn't listened to it is incredible so you should definitely check it out and that's exactly where I wanted to start um, today's episode and can you tell us a bit more about how the podcast first came about because you know you mentioned 130 plus episodes which is Crazy. It must have been a challenge at the start to build it up to what it is today. Um, but what initially kind of motivated you to start the podcast and how have you kind of built it up to the point it, at which it is today?
1: Yeah, it's a very good question. So the reason I built it up has one simple word community. So nowadays, organizations are looking at ways that they can really build community. And so when I was looking at my legal talent solutions business, we do lots of legal recruitment, we advise law firms, we work quite closely with firms on a range of things all linked to talent. We were thinking, well, what are some of the other ways we could add value to the legal community? And we saw that there wasn't so much back in the time when we launched the podcast um, around legal content. There wasn't anything really tucking into around careers or where people can get access to, you know, how do I get a training contract? What do I need to know about? About getting a training contract or you know what is legal tech how could I go about getting experience who's been down that path who could share their wisdom with me you know what is being done to push the needle when it comes to diversity and inclusion so we had Stephanie Boyce the president of the law society feature on the podcast launching our season five so the whole premise was to try and build community but add value as well with um, informational inspirational educational content but not in a dull fashion as well so legal speaking podcast yeah. has a bit of fun has a bit of banter tries to bring out the human side because a lot of people need to understand that you know lawyers are humans too you know they don't have to be perfect they'll have good days they'll have bad days they'll have great days like that's completely fine and so we're trying to humanize the legal sector as well and make lawyers more relatable to people who typically might be a little bit scared about instructing lawyers or not show how it works so bringing that personal side out on top of them showcasing all of their wisdom skills and experience and how they can educate our audience but the whole overarching point was to build a, a loyal community to stand out so I always say to people we're not building a database like any other agency we're building a community where we want to serve and help as many people as possible and if corporates and organizations focus on that they're guaranteed to win
0: definitely and I think community in the next um five to ten years is going to be the biggest thing which is kind of go which is kind of going to push law firms, organizations in the direction in which, you know, they want to grow. Because without kind of building a community, focusing on the actual people within that community, rather than viewing them as kind of numbers, you're not going to, you know, hit the barriers you want to hit. But, you know, starting a podcast must be difficult, especially with, you know, um, running a business too as your main job. What was that like and how did you kind of overcome that as a challenge?
1: Yeah, it's a very very good question. Firstly, we did a lot of Preparation. I'm using the word we because in anything in this world, I believe collaboration is domination and having the right people or team around you to help make that work. So I have the, the luxurious job of hosting the show. And, you know, to be honest, that's probably the easiest part once you get used to hosting podcasts and interviewing yeah. and speaking. And I've obviously been interviewing people for for a living for, for many decades. Um, But I do have a production. I have an editorial team. I have people that can help me um, keep up that that. consistency because we do produce a weekly show so we do need to make sure we have um content scheduled we do need to make sure that we have guests um in the pipeline and booked in and all of the things that you will know from hosting your wonderful podcast which i would strongly encourage people to tell their friends and people in their circles all about and to rate download and subscribe because the more people you can do that for the more people you're going to be helping um so yeah we had a team so i got the right team around me we made sure that we focused to what our topic of influence is. I think the main thing for a lot of podcasts, why a lot of them fail after seven or eight episodes, is because they don't really know where it's going. So for us, our topic of influence, the pain point we are trying to address, which by the way, if anyone is looking at starting a podcast, it's the most important thing you have to think about is what is that pain? What are people putting into Google? And what is the solution your podcast is offering? And so for us, it's everything in and around related to careers. So our topic of influence is careers because we're providing content around the legal journey, what's happening in terms of legal trends, things connected to the legal industry and how that's going to impact people's careers. We're seeing the launch of so many different roles. You know, it's just not the traditional legal lawyer you can go down now. Obviously, there's been an in-house has been around for years, but there are all these other legal tech, legal project management, legal innovation officers, all of these other types of opportunities that are coming. And, you know, AI is coming as well. So there is going to be a transitional shift in terms of what this all looks like, but it's all gonna be linked to careers. So we really double down and focus on what the content is going to be servicing and purposing. And from there, we're able to be consistent and notify the types of guests, types of people we want. And then, obviously, over time, we've continued to grow. We've built up speed. We're now in three thousand plus cities. As I mentioned, we recently launched of season five. Now brought on Cleo as one of our main sponsored partners. And so, you know, we we're in a position where we can continue to grow. But as I say, it always comes back to how are we best the reason, our community?
0: yeah, yeah.
1: How are we best servicing with every bit of content the community? And how is that linked to our topic of influence careers? If you get those two pieces right, your podcast will be successful.
0: And I guess having now got to the point where you've hit 130 episodes and having kind of worked in the legal recruitment business for a number of years, you are probably very well placed to speak about the kind of movement and evolution of the legal industry because it's fast evolving and it's not stopping anytime soon. so, where do you actually see the biggest trends being in terms of, um, in terms of new kind of roles coming about in the legal industry, and, and also in terms of recruitment more generally?
1: Yeah, I think we've already started to see big shifts in terms of the dispersed uh, law firm model. You've seen, you know, I think it was in 2020 or oh, the back end of 2019. Keystone Law, for example, one of the, the largest or the highest employer of new lawyers to their, their practice. You've got the Gunner Cooked here in the UK. And um, so that model has already started taking precedent. But, you know, we're going to see an exponential rise of even more virtual law firms. You know, the traditional law firm yeah. model is going to be continue to be disrupted. I see that because people are going to want more flexibility, agility. They're going to want to be able to charge at their own rates. They're going to want to do a lot of things that perhaps some of the red tape that might exist within the larger organizations or lockstep systems, all these mechanics that, you know, it's very hard to move uh an oil tanker very very quickly which a lot of these large traditional law firms are and pivot whereas this gives great rise to entrepreneurial thinking legal professionals who may want to sort of take their practice and start a virtual law firm which you can easily do nowadays and the resources yeah. are there so i can see a seismic shift in terms of the, the virtual law firm Model. I see a growth in all of these other um, roles um, connected to legal tech and this super exciting thing, I I don't know the exact statistics, I don't want to misquote it, but I think, you know, over 35-40% of the jobs in the legal sector haven't even been created yet. That's how exciting it is, you know, we don't even know what some of the mechanics of some of these opportunities are looking at, you know. We've come a long way from just basic document automation to transcription services to a lot more, you know, data, you know, really understanding the data and how you can analyze that, bring in tech and provide even better, cost-effective, faster, efficient solutions for clients. And that's what they're going to be looking for. Um, I just think it's super, super exciting times for legal industry. And uh, yeah, I'm just delighted to be in amongst it. And I'm continually learning. You know, I don't think there's any of us that are experts in this, but we can keep talking with each other, sharing content with each other, masterminding coming together doing podcasts like this to to just keep banging the drum that you know change is happening whether you like it or not
0: and I think that's also super exciting for young lawyers for law students for aspiring lawyers because you know they're entering a legal industry at the point of transformation and they can really shape their careers to whatever they want it to be because there's nothing limiting you today especially with COVID and how it's proved that, you know, you can work for a law firm, which isn't actually in the country you live in. um, And that's kind of, you know, revolutionary in terms of where you want to be based and what kind of work you want to do. Do you want to freelance? I know some of the larger law firms like Alan Overy and Simmons and Simmons have very flexible kind of working models where they hire lawyers on a contractual basis, which, you know, if you went back 20 years ago, was definitely not the norm. And now more and more people want to be a lawyer, but at the same time do other stuff. Um, And that's also great. But then the legal market in London, you know, it's one of the biggest in the world, if not the biggest um and there has been a lot of changes over the past few years a lot of people have been speaking about the growth of american law firms in london um and actually not just be having a london office kind of as a outpost to deal with us related work but to actually kind of grow organically in the london market um and that's meant great opportunities for junior lawyers for a number of reasons including kind of wanting responsibility and you know higher salary. And most recently, you know, the financial compensation that um, junior lawyers at American firms are getting is, you know, incredible and really, really high. But do you think that's kind of sustainable in the long term? Do you think that these firms can continue to pay these incredibly high salaries in order to kind of attract the best trained lawyers from, you know, Magic Circle, UK trained law firms?
1: Yeah, you, you've picked up on the, the trend that's been happening for a little while now with more and more US law firms looking to extract the talent out of the magic silver circles and, and, and the likes to, to bring in and you know there's the expression of you know almost doubling salaries in some extreme cases, um, I think we're in a bubble. I think we're in a bit of a bubble right now, and it, it's not sustainable. Um, but not the financial element; it's the people element, and this is what I want firms and organisations to understand. You can pay a newly qualified lawyer one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, fine. You know, a lot of people may think that's excessive. A lot of people in the banking finance world will think, "Well, I'm a trader, and I could earn triple, quadruple that." You know, so you know yeah. everything is relative. The main point is, what do you really want? You know is it the money is the money the most important thing for you what why did you want to get into the law and more importantly once you've asked those questions to yourself how is that law firm actually in line with those values because if it's yeah. just all about a paycheck then of course it's a us law firm that no one can outbeat them in terms of the market rates but if that's not you know what are they doing around well being what are they doing in terms of supporting the long hours? If you're on heavy transactional work, or when you're on high quality, you know, cross border, a lot of the, the reasons the US is because they they're, they're in the middle, right, with the US, so they can be transacting with the US, they can be working with the Far East, they've got the time zone advantages. So you know, there's a lot of reasons why they're they're, they're coming here and taking up obviously English and worse qualified highly intellectually um you know trained talent but what are they doing to actually nurture and support yeah. and that's what you want to understand because otherwise you may find yourself burning out or you may find that actually the legal career that you read about at law school isn't quite what you would hope so it's really important you do your research it's really important you have mentors that maybe have been in these firms it's really important you speak to recruiters that are acting for these firms to just find out you know get the information to make informed decisions because Look, if the money's right and the culture's right, and it's in line with what you want to achieve in your career, absolutely go for it but there has to be more than just the headlines and you know please 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 be be, be careful of that but i do think you know it's a very exciting time to us law firms it's going to be interesting to see where they go but um yeah i don't think they just can continue to just skyrocket up and up and up and up because there's mass disruption coming as i said from all these virtual law firms and all these other firms where legal services the cost of providing them will be significantly reduced and clients will be looking for alternative outputs
0: and I guess on that um, there was an article in the FT a few weeks ago about um, kind of you know how many people are leaving the law because of kind of hitting burnout because of mental health issues and because law firms are kind of just increasing the salary and saying that will fix it that will keep people on Um, and that's leading on to my next question really which is do you do you think that law firms are doing enough to really you know look after their employees mental health their well-being particularly the bigger ones where you know the hours can be notoriously long and you know most people who go into these firms know that the hours are going to be long but they they're hoping um and particularly amongst my peers particularly amongst law students who want to get into these firms they're hoping the firms also take into account that like you said at the start, everyone is human, everyone, you know, is going to get to the point where they might have to take time off, they might have to take a break from work, because, um, because of kind of the amount of work and the hours that they've worked, but do you think that enough is being done, firstly, by the law firms themselves, um, in terms of mental health, and, you know, helping their employees um, kind of develop and keep up high well-being Um, and then secondly do you think enough is being spoken about within the legal industry and the wider kind of legal community about mental health and the issues with working so hard
1: great 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 points um so i think work in progress for both of the answers so certainly myself you know i've experienced family member losses due to mental health and you know i'm sure you know a lot of us have have struggled throughout the pandemic or in recent times with our own mental health so this is something i am very passionate about and i do realize i'm in a position where i do have a voice and, and i need to make sure that you know i support this and hence with the legally speaking podcast that's something we talk a lot about um to try and educate and remove the stigmas and there's lots of people in the industry that i know that are doing so many wonderful things to help normalize the conversation when it comes to to mental health i actually like to just remove the word mental and just put health you know there's no you know ultimately we all have a health you know whether it's physical whether it's mental whatever but it's ultimately you know if we just remove mental health and just have the word health i think that would help immediately remove any stigmas because there's nothing wrong with having depression versus a broken leg you're not well so it's your health at the end of the day. So I think there's a lot of just positioning um, and rephrasing this way. I would see things that could be done. But then there is a responsibility, like you say, from the law firms to be potentially doing more. So what do they have to do? They have to ask the people. You can't second guess what the people want. So, you know, do some satisfied surveys, do some anonymous things, make people create a culture where people feel that actually, do you know, what, I've got these worrying thoughts. I've got real anxiety about the pressures of my workload, or I am struggling with depression. I've just lost a relative, or you know, I am. I, I'm just getting all of these, these thoughts that are you know negative thoughts at the moment, which are not allowing me to concentrate on my work because of X, Y, and Z. Actually, take that data. Understand what your people are saying, but do it in an environment which makes it safe. So people won't feel that they're judged or there's any impact on their job security or any favoritism as a result of them showing some forms of weakness, which is not a weakness. Take that data and think, right, mastermind, what can we do to really improve these pain points to make our environment better and our happier workforce? Because rather than increasing the salaries, increase the happiness, because if you get that right, then you're going to be on to an absolute winner. Salaries are great, but I've had candidates in the recruitment world who have turned down salary up of over £100,000. That says to me it's not about the money, because you would think that's crazy. Why would someone not want to take a salary of £100,000 more? It just makes no sense, Rob. Well, I tell you, it makes a lot of sense, because if it's not in line with their happiness or the goals or what they want, and they've really thought yeah. about it, and I'm going to stress that, if you're an aspiring lawyer, what do you want? Take a minute. Take a step back. What do you want? You're currently practicing law what do you want why are you bothering to show up why are you bothering to study like what is that point and i bet a lot of you listening to this today don't have a clue you're going down a path you're going down the road you're just doing what other people are doing or it seems like the right thing to do or you think it's quite interesting i would say probably most of the population doesn't know what they want and that real self-reflection and real deep deep thinking if you can understand that i think we'll have a lot more people happier in the world so i think there is a responsibility on us as individuals and as i say with the corporates they need to focus on utilizing and speaking to their people and coming up with strategy tactics and then of course you can bring in the right providers that are specialists in mental health services or specialists in well-being or perks or whatever it might be or workflow transformation and bringing the right it so you can get you know lesser hours whatever it might be that all of that can then be brought in but start with asking the people what they want
0: and I think that's definitely good advice, especially for those who are, you know, on the cusp of entering the legal industry in terms of sitting down and actually writing down and thinking really deeply, is this what I want to do? Or is this just because everyone else who I've studied with for the past three, four years is doing exactly what I'm doing? Um, yeah, Yeah. And I was just going to say, it's definitely something which people are finally starting to realize, particularly after, you know, the couple of lockdowns in 2020. um, And people are starting to really take it more seriously in terms of happiness as being part of kind of the end goal, because, you know, what do you want is, is imagine a pie chart, it's lots of different things. It's not that one thing. But for everyone, the amount of Um, or that slice of the pie chart is different on the salary, is different on, you know, work-life balance, Um, it's different on if you want to be able to work abroad, for instance, all sorts of different things, but it's all down to the individual, but sitting down and kind of not following the crowd, but figuring out what you really want is definitely um, great advice. Um, And on that kind of note of aspiring lawyers, do you um, have you seen kind of a shift in skills and a shift in kind of requirements from law firms in terms of what they want junior lawyers to kind of be really good at um, and really kind of hone down on? And are there any skills which you which you think that um, are really good things which aspiring lawyers, junior lawyers should really try and develop whilst they can?
1: Yeah, so th- there's things that I'm passionate about that I think, you know, weren't really a thing or people thought, oh, well, that's just silly. Social media is important for your career, social media allows you to connect with the world. Um, so having a personal brand online. I'm starting early as a content creator and community builder will set you apart. So you can look at a lot of people who have started, initi- the fact that you're running a podcast, that you have a personal brand, you're building connections, you're connecting with me, you're connecting with other thought leaders, your network as an extension of you providing content building a personal brand is probably significantly more than other people who are just studying the law right now. So I think really focusing on having a personal branding content creation, because your career, you'll have ups and downs. But one thing that can never get taken away from you is your personal brand. So I'm a big advocate for encouraging people to, to start and everyone, Everyone has a voice, everyone has, there's a space for everybody at the table. So please remove any thoughts of doubt um, that you can't start a podcast, you can't start a a YouTube channel, you can't start a TikTok account, whatever it might be, because you can. Um, Yes, you might need people to teach you some of the tips and tricks and so forth, but being authentic and being open and sharing and community building is super, super important. In terms of law firms, of course, you know, we talk a lot more now about the O-shaped lawyer. So we're looking for lawyers to be a lot more open opportunistic you know taking ownership you know being able to be a little bit more entrepreneurial thinking you know smarter ways of working so those are the things that law firms are really really looking for people who can bring new ideas people who can be creatives on top of brilliant you know technically sound legal skills so you need to know the nuts and bolts of the law you need to know those mechanics of course but that's really only one facet of the role you know you need to have people skills you need to be able to attract clients you need to win over internal stakeholders you need to build relationships with partners so you know they they know who you are within the firm particularly if you're starting out and you're on your training contract you want to be networking so networking is an invaluable skill that i think you need throughout your career and every day i'm networking meeting new people building contacts taking relationship to the next level Level, whatever it may be so there would be some of the things I would get people thinking about early on and and you'll you'll start to flourish um as your career progresses
0: and on that kind of building relationships you know law is not singular on its own and it's all about the people who it involves um and you know building that personal brand early I definitely think will help you build those networking skills so once you get into the law you a know how to kind of do things because you've done it once or twice before, and then B, you've already got a network to kind of fall back on when you need support, because at the end of the day, you know, it's such a cheesy phrase, but it's so true that your network is your net worth, and, um, you know, what you can do with a network is something which you know most people can't really describe because it's not just about the opportunities it's also about the support it's also about as you mentioned the community that you've built up around yourself um and that will take you places where you know just applying for a job probably will never do um and on that note what was it like building a community in the first place engaging with you know people all the way from the president of the law society like you mentioned down to aspiring lawyers you know the disparity at both ends it's huge but at the same time you've done so well in kind of curating a community around careers like you said around that goal um has it what would you say is kind of the biggest highlight of that
1: Well, well, firstly, thank you for your kind words, but I I would just say, you know, presidents of law societies, aspiring students, lawyers, we're all just people. Titles are titles really it's how you treat people and I'm a big advocate for treating everybody with respect yeah, and treating everybody as an equal I think that's really really important so you know as one of my my greatest mentors my grandfather always taught me that you know you have to treat everybody with respect regardless of their title of course you can look up and you can show appreciation and admiration for people who have been successful in their own fields but just because somebody starts you know every winner was once a beginner every master was once a disaster right so you know everyone has to start somewhere Some, yeah so, yeah and so you know but the key word in that is just start you know i always talk about nike was just amazing with their hashtag you know the hash line of just do it i mean that is timeless you just really digest what that means how many ideas are stopped you know fear kills more dreams than failure ever will you know people oh but should i apply for that training contract oh should i reach out to that partner to have them as a mentor or oh but what if they say no you know you never know unless you try. You never exactly. ever know. Could I get on Beds podcast? I mean, I'm only an aspiring student, but would he be interested in my story? Do you know what? Reach out to that. Ask him. Add some value to him. Start that discussion. Maybe he would like to bring you on. You know, all of these things. So you have to you have to be prepared to put yourself out there. I think that's super, super important. But yeah, I just want to say that everybody is an equal. And that's the way I've approached my entire strategy in terms of let's build a community. We're not building a database. We want to know as many people as possible. But I have a real vested interest in supporting the next generation of lawyers, because I've spoken to the current generation and by and large, you know, some are happy, but by and large, like you've said, in a lot of the statistics, a lot are not happy. So if I don't use my voice, my influence, my community to help educate how we can do things better and protect the next generation and support them through their careers, then I feel like I'm doing a disservice. Um, two people and that's why I love doing what I do because you know a career is not just something for a weekend it's for a lifetime 85% of people are unhappy in their jobs 85% that is an outstandingly high figure
0: yeah it's horrible
1: it's just too high and that's it across the board not just including legal but if I could tell you my little bit in terms of legal and help people see that there's other routes there's other things there's other people who can help there's other resources out there then I think I've done a pretty good job because it's all well and good, you know, doing all these things. But for me, it's leaving a lasting legacy. So one of the reasons I set up Casey Partners, I just briefly mentioned my grandfather as a mentor. He ran one of the most successful law firms in the UK during the 1950s called Rich and Castle. Lister Leicester, where I herald from. My Leicester was the second richest city outside of London of its time back then because there's a lot of commercial and a hosiery trade. And he built a wonderful business up. And I always thought, wow, I'd love to own my own business one day and try to find something connected to the legal sector. And I benchmarked his success on one thing. And I'm going on a tangent here, but stick with me. Yes, he made a successful business. Yes, he would have made some money along the process. But 10, 20 years after retiring, the amount of Christmas cards he would get every year, not just from family and friends, but from clients saying, dear Mr. Carr, We're so happy and proud. You know, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your family season's greeting. Thank you for all you did for us. We still remember you. You're still in our thoughts. You know, thank you for everything you did for the family, blah, blah, blah. That legacy and people remembering that positive impact and showing that appreciation. That's what I'm trying to do for the next generation in this digital, fast-paced, content-heavy, fueled society work. Rob Hanna did something good for us. And do you know what? Thank God he did. That's all. And if I can do that, And I'm happy.
0: And you have just answered my last question within that whole thing. I was about to ask you what motivates and inspires you, but that seems to have kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head. And I think that's a, that's a great mission and a great end to this incredible episode. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It was great chatting do take a listen to the Legally Speaking podcast if you're interested. Um, and Rob puts out some incredible content on LinkedIn, Instagram, and all across his social. So do give him a follow.
1: Well, Ved, I'd just like to say thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, you've been extremely professional, kind, welcoming, and I love what you've been doing with your show. You've had some incredible guests. So it's a real honour to be part of your show. But thank you so, so much. And please, please, everyone, tell your friends to download, rate, subscribe to Bed's podcast. It's amazing. Thank you.
0: Thank you thank you for listening to the exploratory journey and i hope you have enjoyed this episode please make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to follow all our social media channels on instagram twitter and linkedin to stay up to date with our future episodes